Welcome to the DCOM After Dark Podcast. My name is Kevin. And, and this, this is Lindsay. And we are here to talk about Stuck in the Suburbs, the movie. Lindsay, what did you think of this movie? I hated this movie no! so much. Okay. Like, oh, it just hurt my heart to see to see them like displayed in like this fangirl type way and just like it looked bad for all girls everywhere. Well, they're dealing with like a Justin Bieber type guy. We're going to get into it. Let me tell you guys a little bit about this movie to begin with. This movie's called Stuck in the Suburbs. It came out in July 16th, 2004. Um, that's like the middle of the beginning of all the DCOMs really like blowing up. Those like early 2000 years, they like were cranking out these DCOM original movies. And this was one of them, especially after they had found my boo, Brenda Song. They knew that they had struck gold. So they had her be in like every movie. Like any movie that was out, she had at least a little small role because she was a pretty big deal. This movie, though, stars Danielle Panabaker as Brittany Aarons, Brenda Song as Natasha Kwan, Taryn Killiam as Jordan Cahill, Ryan Belleville as Eddie, Amanda Shaw as Kaylee Holland. C.C. Hedgepeth or something as Ashley Simon. Those two girls are like two of the fangirl friends. And then the last person that's like really of relevance was uh, Patrick Stogner as Cooper Aarons, the little brother. I guess the sister, Corey English, plays Jesse Aarons, but she's, I mean, those characters are like named, but not really important. The real important characters are Danielle Panabaker as Brittany Aarons, Brenda Song as Natasha Kwan. Taryn Killam as Jordan Cahill, and Ryan Belleville as Eddie. Yeah, to be fair, I'm not sure I even knew the friends' names. Yeah, those so. kind of, they're kind of irrelevant. They're just like fangirls, like you said, fangirling it up and doing whatever they want in terms of that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be calling them fangirls as we move through this, because I did not get their names, nor did I care. I call them soccer girls in my notes, but oh, nice. same thing. Interestingly enough, Drew Seeley was in this film. Yes, Drew he was. He was playing uh, the desk clerk named David. For those that don't know, Drew Seeley is kind of uh, important to these Disney movies because he does a lot of the singing Uncle? and dancing. Yeah, for a lot of the characters in a lot of their Disney Channel original movies. I was so like really surprised to see him, but I paused and f I had my own little fangirl moment when he came on screen because I did not expect to see him. Yeah, he plays. Uh, he does a lot of the singing in the High School Musical movie. For those that don't know, he also does uh, the singing for Starstruck at the beginning before they brought in was his face to do his own music. It was pretty good. Pretty good deal. I like this guy a lot. He does a lot of the music. So it was good to see him in a movie for like a, even if it was for like a split second. Yep. Agreed. Get to see his face for once. Mm-hmm. Which is not normal. You normally just get to hear his voice. This was apparently a lot of Hallmark movie stuff. So he, he's been around doing things. Yeah. A lot, a lot of TV films. <laughs> Should we uh, get into this one more time? We have Brittany, Natasha... Jordan, Eddie, mom and dad. 
Yeah, those are your main characters. Mm -hmm. So it opens up with one of these moms doing a soccer van pool in the middle of, like, suburbs USA. I never caught where this was. It's in in everywhere, everywhereville USA. Yeah. Who knows? And Brittany, the main character, is telling her fangirl friends or her soccer girl friends that her aunt sent her these, like, one-of-a-kind shoes from a small boutique shop in New York City. And all the girls are screaming and, like, the mom driving is getting a migraine. And they're how fucking annoying fl- they are. They're fucking flip-flops. And she's going off about how they're so exclusive and she can't believe her aunt sent them to her. And those are two things that I was very interested in this scene from the beginning. First off, the four girls are all sitting in the same row. I don't know what SUV has four seats in the middle with each of them wearing their own fucking seatbelt. But that was one thing that was really interesting. The second thing is that they're regular, generic pink flip-flops. I don't know how she thought they were handmade exclusives. They were some plastic foam flip-flops. You know those foam ones that had like the little toe thing? They look like those. I have no idea With why she thought. With a flower on top. Yeah, I don't know why she thought they were so fucking special. But go on. So they all thought they were special, and they're screaming over these stupid, stupid shoes. There's so the, much screaming in this movie. Yeah, it's there insane. is, and that's what that's what I hated about this movie. So the mom tries to drop that drop Brittany off at her house, but she's not at the right house because they all look exactly the same, and she can't tell them apart. A whole bunch of track houses in a row. And obviously, you, you don't know which one's which, especially if you don't live there. But she tries, and Brittany tells her, unless we got a new door and a new car and a new front, this is not my house. She's like, oh, my bad. And that gives us the idea that, oh, this is a suburban little town. But she's just like, do, do any of you live here? Because <laughs> and, and everyone's like, no, we don't. So, like, we move on. And she finally does get... Brittany to the right house, but, like, all the girls insist on going in the house because it's almost 4 p.m. And I'm very confused by this, but they all, like, bust through the front door. When they get to the house because it's 4 p.m., it's time to watch Disney Channel's TRL. (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. So, they run to the couch, they kick the little brother off the video games, and Disney's TRL basically announces that it's the world premiere of Jordan Cahill's new music video. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my man, Jordan Cahill. Jordan Cahill is supposed to be this universe's Justin Bieber before Justin Bieber. He's got the long hair over his fucking face. He's looking a little broody in his video. He's dancing. He's singing. He's doing some chess shit. And... I then realized that they were using, they were the blueprint for the Canadian Justin Bieber ahead of time. I don't even know if you can say it's Justin Bieber hair because it's like down, it's really long. Like it's like chin length, like girl haircut. Remember when Justin was doing baby, baby, baby. Remember his hair was was like that bob. He had a little bob going on with the hair. It was that long though. I think I feel like it was if in my mind's eye it was. I feel like it wasn't. I like this guy's like approaching like shoulder length, just straight hair. Just down. Just down. Like 
It's terrible, by the way. It looks so awful on it. It is highlights. It was gross. Yeah. Oh, it's really gross. But apparently, that's his signature. So, they announced the new music video. And basic, like, boy band kind of sound to it. Bubblegum pop to the T. Dancing around. And there's some... There's a girl in the video. And there's a merry-go-round. It's a merry-go-round. They're on a roller coaster at one point. <laughs> it's a terrible music video, but the girls are going insane. And then they and start doing this choreographed dance that I don't know how they would have known to this. It's the electric slide, Kevin. I did not. Oh, no. I did not notice that. <laughs> yeah. The, I did it's not the notice. electric slide. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yes. I missed that. I was just so perplexed by these teenage girls dancing to a choreographed dance didn't realize they were doing the slide oh yeah wow okay yep who so knew? who knew <laughs> apparently you terrible terrible yeah so the girls like at some point like all they, they knock over the couch yeah they like go and they do the dance and they go and they put their foot on the couch at the back back of the couch and knock it over and all tumble over and are like <laughs> laughing with each other and they look up and realize that Brittany's mom is standing right there because she never left because you know these girls came busted in her house to watch a music video so i already don't like these delinquents they're <laughs> destroying property screaming kicking off little brothers off of video games it's just, yep just i don't rid of like them, them. they well, give we- girls a bad name we realize, though, the reason that Brittany is terrible to, to her mom is because she's a middle child, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is something that definitely rings true in this movie. And it's like this underlying thing. There's like an, a middle child syndrome where you don't get enough attention. And that's clearly Brittany's problem throughout this movie. Correct. It's pretty true to life. I'm not a middle child, so I wouldn't know. But I'm not either, but I've... From what I understand, from, <laughs> from what, what I hear, I understand. rumor has and, it. Yeah, rumor has it, and um, I'm sorry, middle sister, if you're listening to this, but you know it's true. It, it is what it is. So she, we find out she's a middle child. Her mom starts doing some rounds in the next scene. She's doing rounds to make sure everybody's working on their homework. She checks in on her older sister first, who's pretty much a genius and is doing some real cool physics shit. And like, okay, cool, you're doing your homework. She checks in the little brother. He's uh, playing on his Game Boy, his Game Boy SP, and she's like, takes it away and says, get to your homework. And then she checks in on Britney, and Britney's writing a song. Yeah. Little Britney's an aspiring songwriter. Not a good one, though. No, no, it was not very good, but she's trying. She's, what, 14, 13? She's trying. Yeah, so the mom overhears some of the lyrics from the song and the song's called a closed door or at least it is now and uh the mom's like upset to hear that britney feels like she's stuck Mm -hmm. and has no opportunities and nothing ever happens being the rough age of 13 and living such a hard life in this cookie cutter town i understand where she's coming from for 13 long years, she's been stuck in the same place, having meals for free, <laughs> and having her life handed to her in this nice town that's probably low on crime. Hard, hard streets for a young teenage girl in suburbia, so I get it. 
I get a struggle. I'm sure you do. And you need to be more sympathetic to her plight. Especially her as a songwriter. She needed these angsty things to go over. She's not the only one that feels this way, as we'll move forward. Uh-huh. But um, her conversation with her mom is interrupted by her fangirl friends IMing her all of them at the same time, and calling her all at the same time. And they find out that... Amongst the screams, we find out that Jordan yes. Bieber is coming to town to film a video. Not Jordan Bieber. I'm just going to call him Jordan Bieber for the rest of this thing. Okay. <laughs> so but Jordan... Don't, don't be confused. Jordan Cahill is the same Cahill. guy as Bieber. Whatever. Jordan Bieber. Jordan's pop star <laughs> is coming to town. To film a music video, and the girls are screaming. Ah! This is like the second scream. I think I counted the scream. So this is scream number two, while they scream on the phone. So, you, you know, you're Jordan Bieber, Sterling Knight. Kale. <laughs> but the mom takes the phone away. Oh, sorry. So Jordan's coming to town. Mm-hmm. Girls are freaking out because it's like right down the street. Yep. And that's where he's going to, like, be filming. And it's so exciting. And the mom takes the phone away and is like, I bet you wish you'd done your homework now. Which, like, yep. that's pretty good parenting. Classic parenting cheap, right there. But, you know. She told her to do her homework. She decided to write a song instead. It is what it is. Yep. The song was also terrible. So it is what it is. <laughs> so cut to school the next day. And Brittany's Oh, wait. Friend, before they go to school, we get them doing a mad dash to get a family of five in two cars to get to school, and they leave Brittany at home. And I thought for a second we were about to get some Home Alone, home alone. shit going on up here. But we didn't. Oh, we I cut to school. Right. Cut to school. <laughs> Missed that. That's probably because I am the youngest child in my family, and I probably wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody well, was the, missing. As long as that, I'm in the car. As the middle child, she got left behind, but it's cool. We cut to her at school, and Brittany's friends are telling her that they found her shoes. Mm-hmm. Her that shoe that they everyone was freaking out about. The exclusive one of a kind one. Yes, the f- exclusive one of a kind one. They found it online, and they one of their friends bought it in four colors. Yep. And then the rest of the girls say they're all going to order them so that they can all match. Yep, and that you could tell immediately that Brittany's low key tired of her fucking friends. Like, not even that, but just tired of not getting the attention that she wants, right? Enter Brenda fucking song. (laughs) Okay, this, so this is the moment that you have all been waiting for. Brenda song enters the school. Different music plays. It's like a slow-mo. There's these two boys that are checking her out and like nod to each other. The Brenda wind song is blowing through her hair. Mm-hmm. Brenda Song walks in. She has cool clothes that are very like European. She's looking fresh to death. No one knows who this girl is. She's an enigma. And she walks right in. She's new to the school. And immediately I saw Natasha. I saw I saw um Brittany get a boner for Brenda yeah, Song. Right? <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this was just, like, young Danielle Panabaker acting or if that was what the script really called for, but she had a total girl crush, and it was really evident. 
I, you could feel Brenda's song's amazingness just washing over everything in the movie, in my house. It was amazing. <laughs> well, Brenda's song, also known as Natasha, starts yeah, yeah. up a conversation with the girls, the fangirls, and Brittany is just kind of in the background staring at her and slightly drooling. Mm-hmm. And Natasha says that she doesn't know who Jordan Cahill is or jo- Jordan Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> um, because she's been living in Europe in New York for several years and she isn't really up on the current trends. Uh-huh. And this, this I just watch Brittany's wood just stiffen even more when she's mentioned that she lived abroad and she has just hasn't been up to date but you know it's really cute that these girls are in love with Bieber right and then she like disses the girls for their ponytails like she said oh I guess fashion I guess I didn't know ponytails were back in yeah and immediately Brittany takes her hair down and shakes it out and says I didn't know they were in either my bad I didn't know I'm sorry. <laughs> so Natasha has now made enemies with all the fangirls, but made Brittany fall in love with fall her. In love with her. <laughs> so we cut to the soccer field, and Natasha's trying to talk her way out of playing soccer, but the coach like gives no fucks. Yeah, Natasha's and not here for no PE. No. <laughs> and they put Brittany... And Natasha on goalie. In goal, yeah. And the first ball gets kicked at Natasha, and she's like, "Are they? Do I have to do this all? Do I have to try to stop this?" <laughs> and then she, Brittany's like, "Yeah, you're the goalie. You just have to put your hands up, try to knock the ball down." She's like, "Oh, I'm not doing that." That's when they have their first conversation, and Natasha literally has hearts in her eyes. Have you ever seen like a person have hearts in their eyes? This was it. She like is just listening to Natasha talk about how in. Europe, she didn't really do this in terms of having to do P.E. And she, and Brittany's just trying to get to know her. She wants to know everything about her right then. But Brittany's also, like, really nervously ranting. Mm-hmm. So she she introduces herself as Brittany, and she's like, but I'm one of seven Brittany's in the class. I'm sure you've met mi- mi- multiple Brittany's. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, oh, it's, like, really embarrassing for both of them. Or at least that's how I felt. Natasha didn't even notice. Natasha was too cool for fucking school. Well, Natasha's literally just trying to not get hit in the face with a ball. <laughs> and that's embarrassing for her. And then Brittany's just, like, rambling about how she's not unique. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, it was... T- but that's when we learn it's this is actually Natasha. So they introduce... She introduces herself and... Brittany was, like, talking about changing her name, and she was, like, rambling off other names that she thought she might change it to. Then Natasha says, Natasha. She's like, oh, no, I, I don't think I could pull off Natasha. She's like, no, no, yeah. I'm I'm Natasha. You're Brittany. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move uh, on, bitch. Yeah, it was a weird scene, but, like, that's where they start to, like, get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And Brittany starts, like, hanging really close to Natasha, and not Natasha's hanging close to Brittany, and, like, all the other girls just hate Natasha. Mm-hmm. Then Natasha goes off about how Jordan Cahill is not really that big of a deal to her, but whatever, and Brittany's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 he's not that big of a deal to me either. Like, yeah, 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 no, I mean, yeah, I got, like, a poster, but, like, I'm not that into him, but, like, <laughs> my friends are, you know. Right, because after P.E., Natasha just notices that 
literally everybody in the locker room is wearing either his face on his shirt or shirts that say, I love Jordan or something to that level. Like every girl in this locker room. They're all believers. They're all K Hillians. I don't really know what, what <laughs> let's call them K Heliacs. They're K Heliacs. Well, I think like Brittany just got lucky that she wasn't wearing a shirt that day since she was going to go down the lying path. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It worked like, out. If you're tr- if your whole life is matching everybody and you just on that day just didn't match, like is Monday supposed to be Jordan Day or is every day Jordan every Day? Every day is Jordan Day in this universe. <laughs> you, they ran and watched TRL because Jordan had a new video exclusive. Remember, it's this is DRL now Disney Live D- Request. <laughs> DRL. <laughs> Disney request live. I'm here for it. So DRL, they're here for that. And today she's just not wearing the Jordan shirt. So so she got lucky since she was going to lie her ass off. Correct. And um, she, let's see, they go back to the house. Yeah, because so. Brittany dished her friends with Natasha because Natasha's so mysterious and she wants to know all about her because she really wants to fuck her. <laughs> And, I mean, the, and this is one of the few times that I don't really think they wanted to fuck, but at the same time, Brittany, Brittany's, like, in love with Natasha immediately. Maybe with, like, confused hormones and at that age, like, maybe, just maybe. Right, because she just knew there was something about her. And Natasha's yeah. acting is too cool for school, so I also was enamored by her immediately, so I get it. I get it. Of course. So they go back to Brittany's house and they run into Brittany's mom who is talking about or carrying signs for a house that she's trying to save from being torn down. Mm-hmm. This is the C plot that's really unimportant to me that I realized later on might be a little important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This completely took me by surprise, but I thought it was just to show that, like, <laughs> she's a well rounded character. That well, other things know, going Brittany's on. kind of like just mocking her mom for like caring about something other than Jordan. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but she, she mocks her for it being like, oh, she's trying to save this piece of shit house and she's so lame. And once again, piece of shit house is C plot. Didn't know that. Right. Anyway. <laughs> but then she realizes that her entire room is coated. Plastered. In, yeah. With Jordan yeah. K Hill shit. Right. So Posters. now she's like, oh, my mom is super exciting and interesting to talk to. Why don't you stay down here and talk to her while I literally rip down every poster I own? Yep. So with that, she leaves Natasha with her mom, and she runs up to her room and is literally pulling down posters and putting away dolls and figurines and just Jordan Cahill through the Jordan Cahill merch store threw up over her room, and she had to take everything down including her Jordan K. Hill bobblehead and and voodoo doll <laughs> that she had hidden. She had to hide all that shit because she doesn't want Natasha to know that she's an obsessed fangirl. Yeah. So frustrating. More lying. I don't like it, Kevin. <laughs> I don't like it. Listen, it was fine. I was cool with all of it because I get why she's doing it. Natasha wants to be cool for Natasha because <laughs> Natasha's hot and she has a lady boner for her. So, so she runs downstairs, right. grabs Natasha, Go tells back. her to 
up to the room. Mm-hmm. No sexy lady stuff happens. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. I, was, I thought it might, but then I realized Natasha's probably not that into it because she's too cool for this. Yep. But Brittany does invite Natasha to the filming down the street. And Natasha's like, yeah, sure, it'll be fun to see all the fangirls fangirl out. And, and, and Brittany's like, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like the time years ago when I went and saw um, Twilight New Moon when that movie came out, right? I went because I wanted to watch all the people be crazy about the movie. Yeah, I'm sure that's totally the reason you went. And I'm sure people thought I went to go, like, fangirl out. But I did not. I went to go make fun of it, and there was the movie was theater was packed. I was shocked. Because I knew it was big, but I knew it was that big. And then we had to sit, like, in the very front, and I heckled the movie. It was great. Anyway, Stop side lying story. about your Robert Pattinson fandom. <laughs> do you do you remember in Twilight when he like did you did you see New Moon? Do you remember when he like takes his shirt off and it's like shiny and pasty after uh the other kid takes his shirt off most of the movie? The yeah. werewolf kid. And then in the theater I was in, whenever the, the werewolf kid would take his shirt off, the girls would go, Ooh. But when Robert Pattinson took his shirt off, there was nothing than like me. And the dude that was, like, sitting in the front row that obviously came to heckle with me, we went, ooh. Because <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time uh, the, the werewolf kid would do it, Jacob, the, all, the whole crowd, all the women, you women were just loving it. But I wanted to make sure my boy Robert Pattinson got some love, too. <laughs> Cedric Diggory for life. I knew you were lying. <laughs> You really went to see him take his shirt off. We, I knew from the beginning that that's what was going to happen. <laughs> but when when Natasha and Brittany end up getting to this fangirl moment, much like you sitting in the front seat of the theater, <laughs> very front yep. row of the theater, um, Natasha and like Brittany start fangirl fangirling as well, and it was like just this win in Rome type concept about it. Yeah, this was scream number three. And they both just, like, let it go, and that really annoyed me. Like, sure, we're, yeah. I, like, I can't even tell if either of them are lying at this point, but there's, ugh. Ugh, I hate this movie, Kevin. I hate it. It was, so they're screaming, and they're really excited. And But, like, they're smashing just... their face against, like, the window. Like, we're not talking just, like, screaming. This is, like, intense. Well, they're in the presence of Jordan fucking... Cahill, Bieber, Sterling, Knight. Okay? Sandman. Sandman. <laughs> they're in his presence, and they're just so happy to see him. Because he's there shooting his music video. Yes, but he's also having, like, this real artistic realization. He's, being a, he's, an, he's a real artist, and he wants to try to let his manager know that he, too, has feelings. And as a real artist, he has plans for his music. Right, and he's tired of doing the same old, like, thing Bubble making gum. him a bunch of money and getting him a bunch of fans. Uh, I just want to be myself. <laughs> and he wants to sing his own lyrics. And you got, like, your record company, basically. Your record company A&R person who's just like, no, this is what makes <laughs> money. Get back up there, film the video, shut uh-huh. your crap. That's not what we pay you for. One of my favorite moments in this part. So in this scene, he's on the music video set 
And the director's like, all right, I need you to come up. You're going to lean over this puddle. You're going to splash the puddle. You're going to stand back up. You're going to spin, flip the hair. Then the girls are going to enter, and we're going to dance. And then he says, I don't really want to do that. We did that in my last video, bro. What I really want is to be like more believable. And the director's like, right. That's why we're going to have the girls enter after you flip your hair. So that way it's more believable. And so he like half goes through it, leans down, flips does hit the water, half flips his hair, and then yells cut as the girls come in the scene, bump into each other as they start doing their dance moves. And I was like, ah, this dude's having a real artist moment while this director's just trying to do his fucking job. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad, though. Like, we already saw the world premiere of his last video, and I was not impressed. <laughs> you were not? I was I was there for it. It was like, it took me back. It was like one of those, it was like that NSYNC video when they were under the trees in This I Promise You. It was great. It reminded <laughs> me of that. Remember in the, the, this, this I Promise You? This wasn't my life, and maybe that's why I didn't relate. This was my life. I was a big pop star. You didn't know. This was a different life for me. <laughs> I understood his plight completely. Of course you did. <laughs> but we end up cutting the whole video at this moment, and he he's sitting with, sorry, Jordan is sitting with his assistant, who I Eddie. think is his assistant at the time, who is our character, Eddie, which we don't know that until later. But he's talking about how his whole life is on this phone and just making sure that Eddie's been backing up his phone to to CD-ROM. To his disc. You gotta pack this up to disc because who knew in 2004 that this dude's phone was his life? This dude was ahead of the curve. He knew that the phones would be the most important thing you ever fucking have. And he knew that he needed that shit backed up. So he's like, hey, I need you to back it up to disc for me. And then he's like, Eddie's like, yeah, man, I do that for you every night. You know, you tell me every day I got this. Then as soon as Jordan left, he turns to an assistant and is like, bro, do you know how to back this up to a disc? Because I have no idea. i just been telling him I've been doing it, but I don't know. Yeah. So this phone, it's not a, is it a Blackberry? I was trying it's to figure it palm, out. It's a Palm, it's a Palm Pilot, actually. It's a palm Pilot. Okay. So they talk about this phone like it is the newest and greatest thing that ever existed, which at the time it, it probably was. It was 2004. It was the newest and greatest thing that ever existed. Right. It's like it, got internet and the news and like they made it very clear that this was a very high tech phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're leaving. They're getting out of this video shoot and... Brittany gets pushed down by, like, security as Jordan and the whole entourage is coming through. And she drops all of her stuff, but then Eddie, Jordan's assistant, trips over Brittany and drops his stuff. Yep. And this is the most ridiculous part of this movie. They mix up their phones. Yep. Hers is hot pink. And this palm pilot is silver. It was actually a palm trio as I looked it up. A palm, oh, a palm trio. trio. Yeah, because a palm trio. Yeah, looked, okay. Looks something like that. It had like a it had like a screen and like a keyboard. The I feel palm, like it looks it looks like the old blackberries. I feel like those are more. It was like yeah, before the blackberry curve was a thing. That was this the palm trio type phone. It, but they this phone. Looked nothing like her little pink. <laughs> her pink phone that she had like in her hand. N- Nikon or whatever they, they yeah. were called. Nakia's or whatever. Not, why am I 
had on the night under her cameras. It was yeah. like a Nokia. Yeah, yeah. Nokia. Nothing like her phone. Her phone's pink. This one's like gray and shit. And he like puts it in his backpack, like this pink thing, and just walks away with it. And they end up going separate ways. Mm-hmm. And it's not till they completely separate that Brittany realizes that they switched phones. phones. Because immediately her friends are like, I've been calling you. Why aren't you answering your phone? And she looks. She's like, oh, shit, this is not my phone. I must have switched with that random dude that just tripped over me. Right, because they have no idea who Eddie is at this point. Right. They, and, and they Jordan just call George, him a roadie. Yeah, they thought he was just a roadie. They didn't know he was an assistant. So... Brittany's older sister agrees to drive them to the best hotel in town because they are assuming that that's where they're staying mm-hmm. in order to return the cell phone. Mm-hmm. There's like a little side story here where like Brittany's older sister is terrible at driving. I'm not really sure where that comes into play besides like comic relief, but it's it's just a reoccurring theme. And. Yep. She basically just slams on the brakes every, like, five seconds or so. Because she's a terrible driver. Right. So she, they... So Natasha and Brittany going down to the hotel, and that's when we see our boy Drew Seeley. Yes. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, hey, we need to go and see Jordan Cahill because I think I have his assistant's phone, but I'm just trying to get that done. So Drew Seeley calls up to the room and is like hey we got some girls here they say they got your phone and eddie's like tell while you're kicking them out tell them that they're full of shit because i got jordan's phone right then he looks down and realizes that he has some pink thing in his hand and it's not jordan's life because jordan called this phone his life so the assistant the uh the hotel clerk guy kicks the girls out and as they're walking to their car to get back in the car to drive home to not be late for dinner Eddie comes running down the stairs, trying to stop the girls, and he runs into the car, but they don't. (laughs) So dumb. And, like, gives himself a concussion, knocks him out. Since he, like, hits the back of the minivan, he falls onto the floor, so then when they look, they can't see him because he's on the floor. Mm -hmm. And this is all because the older sister, like, hits the brakes every five seconds, so when she hit the brakes, he ran into the back of the car. So they drive off. They're completely separated. Eventually, okay, so, yeah, the assistant is Jordan's friend now. So basically they, they start talking. It's like, oh, it's they've been friends forever, For forever. right? Since mm-hmm. before he was famous. Mm-hmm. And Jordan apologizes to Eddie for being a diva for the earlier music video and all of that and but he's still having this like artistic moment where he just doesn't like these meaningless songs and eddie reminds them like where we came from and where we are now and then reminds him about his girlfriend penelope Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who needs to be reminded about their girlfriend is this like a a thing not normally not normally most people remember that they have one and they need to call her, so he does. Right, so he calls, but calls on the hotel phone. Mm-hmm. And Eddie calls Brittany's phone and, like, immediately calls her a thief, which is a really douchey move to make considering somebody just tried to return the phone. Yeah. 
and then you kick them out, like, that's a douchey move. But Brittany comes back immediately and was starts yelling back at Eddie about <laughs> making her late to dinner and how it's his fault because they were trying to return it and he's a douche. Yep. But while on the phone, they get another call coming through that says it's from Madonna. So they hang up on Eddie to literally scream into the phone at Madonna. How many times are we at with the screaming? Is this five? This is number five, yep. So, Matana just hangs up on them. Because <laughs> they're screaming fangirls and she must have got the wrong number. Yep. And... So that's when Natasha makes the connection that this isn't some random roadie's phone. This is Jordan fucking Cahill Beaver Starling Knight's phone. Yes. And... They, they're just terrible people, terrible (laughs) fangirls, and they don't, like, plan on returning it or anything. So, Natasha's mom comes to pick her up, and Natasha makes Brittany promise not to do anything until the next day. I don't think they don't plan on returning it at all. Just not right now. If I had a celebrity, if I ended up knocking, um, dropping my phone and switching it with a celebrity... I'm probably not going to call anybody, but I'm definitely going to write down some phone numbers. And I'm definitely going to send some texts. Because why not? You are a terrible person. You're telling me if you didn't get someone's cell phone that had some very famous people. I remember one time when I worked at the place that the mouse built, somebody uh, from a very popular DCOM original movie lost his phone on Space Mountain. Do you remember this? Was it Corey? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was Mr. Efron. Oh, he lost, no, I didn't remember yeah, that. Yeah, he lost his phone. And you got and they had to shut down the mountain to retrieve oh, it. Because yeah. <laughs> this is really that important. That's how important it is. They east off the mountain, got everybody off, and then they went and found the phone. I don't remember that. Mm-hmm, but, I they, mean, it's definitely something that would happen. Because <laughs> they couldn't. You know, he was a big deal at the time. And was it for Hannah Montana's birthday party? No, no, it was it was during regular day. It was a regular day. Okay. It wasn't like when we were open at night. Well, it was regular I, day. I go along the do on to others as you would have that whatever. Listen, if you, want, to you if someone wants to go on my phone and get your phone number out, that's fine. If I lost my phone, I wouldn't want anybody going through my shit, so I wouldn't go through anybody else's shit, because karma is a bitch, Kevin. You should probably not have those pictures on your phone then, Linz. I'm not worried about the picture. I'm worried about Madonna's number getting out. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless, so they make promise not to do anything with the phone instead of returning it like decent human beings. And the next day... Wait, the next day, Brittany's ranting about how they have to return the phone, but, like, Natasha's convincing her not to. Right, because Natasha's really the one who wants to keep it, because she understands how this is, and how cutthroat this world is, and how awesome Brenda Song is as a person and character. Go on. So, she, Natasha does this, like, cunning thing where she's like, you've been complaining about how boring your life is, but you do not take the opportunity 
for like adventure and excitement when they come. Yep, and this, this is your opportunity. This is the most exciting thing that's ever happened to you. Lean in on it. Yeah. So Brittany goes with it, leans in on it, and they demand to speak with Jordan before they'll return the phone to Eddie. And Eddie does a stupid thing like where he pretends to be Jordan and then they make him sing a line to like for security purposes and he fails. He was terrible. Couldn't sing a lick. And Which they're is like strange. Yeah, for later on. But for then later. they're like they're like, Oh, this is not even you. Click, they hang up. So then Natasha, being the queen that she is, has the brilliant idea when she sees that Jordan's supposed to have a hair appointment later on that day. She calls the salon and tells the salon that he wants to have his all of his hair cut off and she just wants to fuck with him. Right. This all takes place in front of the house that's trying to be saved, which is just a reminder that there's this whole C-plot. C-plot that no one cares about. So then right. they call the girl at the salon is like, oh, it's Jordan's people. Okay, yeah, we're going to cut off his hair, and you want to have raisins? Which earlier in another scene, he talked about how much he hates raisins. Yeah, she people said, got Make sure- fired for <laughs> yeah. the raisins. She said, make sure there's raisins there, and whenever you speak to him, make sure you bow. Whenever you talk to him. So the girl's like, got it. I'm all for it. And sure enough, Jordan goes in, gets his hair cut off, has nothing but raisins. Brittany is freaking out because she's like, you cannot cut his hair. Like, that's a no-go. And Natasha looked Brittany in the eye and said, I don't give a fuck. Well, she she was like, no one's going to let that happen. Like, Little did she know. Yeah, of course. But I must say, when he gets his hair cut off... Looks a lot better. <laughs> so much better. Even though it's still got that, like, those 90s highlights going on, like the, the frosted tips. Frosted tips, yep. Um, it's, it's so much more flattering. And isn't that kind of how he styles it now? Minus yeah, the frosted kill, tips? Yeah, Taryn kill him. Yeah, that, so it, made, it just made more sense. Yeah, I mean, really frames his face. It's mm-hmm. nice. So after they do that, they, the Cahill, Cahill's manager is first devastated, and he's like, you know what, let's pivot this. Let's take this hair and spin it to a new look with a new song and a new video. I like it. Let's do this. Yeah, we're going to premiere the hair with the video. Mm-hmm. And Brittany finds out when she's at dinner, when the fangirls call and, like, Screen dad answers six. the phone and Screen they're screaming. Six. Mm-hmm. And he translates the call through the screaming to be like, the world is coming to an end and a boy named Jordan cut his hair. Yep. Which, like, I'm really proud of him for translating that because that cannot be easy. And sure enough, for whatever reason, DRL is just on all the time on this right. in this world. So the, Brittany runs and turns on the TV and sees that he, in fact, cut his hair according to DRL and they're freaking out. And there's girls that are literally weeping. There's like a studio audience and they're crying, Uh Uh which is hilarious. But keep in mind, they haven't seen him yet. They haven't like they're just announcing that he cut his hair, but nobody's really seen what it looks like. They would not be crying if they knew what he looked like. Well, Jordan is happy that his hair was done and he tells Eddie, bro, 
I know what you did. You did this. And then he's like, uh, bro, I'm so. And then he's like, no, it's cool, bro. You told me that you're right. I've been talking about wanting change in my life. And you just went out there and did it. That's a true bro, bro. And he gives him a hug. And Eddie's like, no problem, bro. I did this for you, even though he didn't do shit. Right. And Eddie ends up, he had bought him a new cell phone. And he gives the new cell phone to Jordan. But it has no battery. So it, like, buys him more time. Mm -hmm. So Jordan hasn't quite noticed that his cell phone's missing yet. Right. So So then... We, yeah. we cut back to the house, and Brittany is trying to break into the phone because she's decided that she now gives no fucks as well. And she sees that there's a lyrics button on as an app. And so she wants to see some of these lyrics that he's been writing. I'm assuming just to steal them, but I think it was probably um, more innocent than that. So she tells her brother to help her out by breaking the password. Brother gets into the phone. And she finds out that Jordan has some deep lyrics that he's been writing. He's been writing his own lyrics, and they're deep and they're moving. And she's like, and she's like, I want these people to know this guy. This is who he really is, not the artist that we see all the time. So when she's telling Natasha about the lyrics, she's like relating to Jordan and basically like. He writes about the same thing that I write about. Like, about <laughs> wanting to see the world. And, oh, it's just so... Ugh. So sappy. And she's like... And Natasha's like, well, how else can we fuck up his life? <laughs> right? So, they, she, she calls and gets his wardrobe changed. Quote-unquote, <laughs> his tacky Vegas wardrobe gets thrown away. Yep, yep, yep. They change his wardrobe. Complete wardrobe change. They cut to this scene, and he's wearing new clothes. He is dressed just like Gavin DeGraw from the early 2000s. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did. I did. He's got some jeans, a nice hat. <laughs> like a be- He's got a beanie on and just like just generic t-shirt mm-hmm. and like a little sweater. Yep. And the the record A&R person or the manager or whoever this guy is who's running his life hates it. Not happy with it. No. And then we go into this montage of the girls just making decisions for him. Mm-hmm. And, like, Britney's trying to write songs and Britney's also changing her image. And then Eddie's just still trying to get the phone back. Yep. But they and... keep making these decisions that are, like, making him happy. Yeah, it's making it's good for good for Jordan, bad for his management team, A and R guy, and her friends are upset that she's spending so much time with Natasha, and they're being friends. And this seems to all be happening over a couple of days, and her friends are done with her, and Eddie's Eddie's trying to appease the manager with all these changes that are being done, but he's not he's not here for him. The manager threatens that if if Jordan changes one more thing, they're going to drop both Eddie and Jordan from the label. Even though they're in the middle of doing a song and he has a six-album deal. And he's a hot-selling artist and he's not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Guys they're going to send him back to the basement that they came from. Mm-hmm. And this is after they're already filming the music video and Jordan walks out on it again with the same, like, I want my own lyrics. This doesn't have the right feel. Right. And 
Eddie tries to point out that, like, this is the happiest that Jordan's ever been. And the A&R guy says, I don't care. Well, it's like, yeah, <laughs> happy doesn't translate to us making money. Like, right. if we don't get this video shot, which he keeps walking out on, I feel like I'm taking the record label side. And maybe I shouldn't be doing <laughs> that. But I get where he's coming from. But he's trying to say, you know, he just wants to do the song his way. Yeah. He has okay. his lyrics written. I don't know. The A&R I'm not guy sure had the job out to do. For him. I, I, I just Everybody had the job to do, I guess. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, Brittany ends up writing this song, right? The the song that we had at the very beginning that was terrible. It was called The Closed Door. She switched it to Open Door. And suddenly it's just coming flowing. out of her. It's flowing. And she's and so happy. She yeah. She lets uh, Natasha hear it. And I'm, I'm a little pissed because she says something about, like, it takes me a long time to write songs, but this one just came out of me. I was like, this is the only song that you've been writing since we started this movie. <laughs> so how could you say it just fell out of you when you've clearly been working on it super hard this whole time? Right. Whatever. Whatever, anyway. Brittany. You're such a liar. Anyway. So um, she, go- <laughs> she goes downstairs. uh and she overhears her parents having a conversation about the historical house. And the mom's, like, almost crying about the thought of losing this house. Yeah, mom is saying, C-plot is so important to me. Yeah. And <laughs> her dad is like, yeah, it is. That's the only reason we're in this movie. <laughs> and, and, like, who says it's it's stupid to love C-plot? <laughs> and they're like, it's okay. That's how we're in this movie. So then she's like, I'm going to help my parents get more screen time. And I'm going to get Jordan to come perform at this house for the C-plot. So that way we bring all of it together. Because with me having the phone, that's the A-plot. And Jordan's wanting to do something creatively different. That's the B-plot. And we need to bring it all together for the end of the movie for the C-plot. And <laughs> that's what we're going to do. So she, right. tells, she tells her mom that I bet you I can get Jordan to come help at this rally. But they tie in the C-plot at this moment where they're just like, oh, this tiny little house is the only thing left that's unique in this neighborhood. Uh-huh. So now Brittany understands yep. why, why C-plot matters. <laughs> why C-plot matters, yep. So then she calls Eddie and says, Eddie, uh, I'm going to need you. Before she calls Eddie, though, she goes to the girls and she's like, girls, I have something to tell you because they found out somehow. That Brittany knows Jordan. Because one of the fangirls called Brittany and Eddie answered. That's true. And that's how they found out that they know they know her and they bombard her at the at school. Brittany takes all the credit, doesn't give Natasha any credit, even though Natasha's the one that's been the nefarious one anyway. And the girls freak out and we watch Natasha slink away because she's like, fuck Brittany because she's being a bitch. She's not really, like, being a bitch, not like our normal bitches in the movies that we watch. But, like, she was just being a bitch in that moment. And Natasha was freaking out a little bit in that moment because she was being real mature about it. But Brittany was getting this attention that she doesn't normally get. And she should have just been happy for it, but she wasn't. But whatever. Brittany then calls Eddie and blackmails him into getting Jordan to come to the rally. Then she'll do the... 
she'll do the swap. And then this is the moment that I cringed because as she's on the phone with Eddie, she gets a phone call from Penelope, remember Jordan's girlfriend from earlier in the movie, and she thought it was I'm a good sure idea. I'm not sure if Jordan remembers because Eddie hasn't reminded him lately. True, but true. Yes. But I remember, and she answers the phone and speaks to Penelope and tells her, oh, no, Jordan's busy. Uh, he'll talk, call you back later. He and won't I'm be like, flying out this Saturday to see you. Yeah, and I was like, what? Are you kidding me? How would you feel if, like, just some random girl answered the phone? But she doesn't even say, like, oh, this is his assistant or anything. I know. She's just like, just call me a friend. Yeah, she called me a friend. That is, That sounds like you've been sleeping with this girl. And that's why Penelope would break up with Jordan, and I get it. And sure enough, in the next scene... That's Penelope. What yeah, we go back to DRL, and turns out Penelope broke up with Jordan. Shocker. And everyone's in a tizzy. It's a, it's a tailspin for Jordan. Jordan Cahill. Brittany's losing it, too, because, like, that's not what she intended. Uh-huh. So, the, the, new, the news. DRL. <laughs> Whatever. Yes. Says, like, he's hairless, loveless, and his video's behind schedule. Is his reign coming to an end? <laughs> And Brittany's like, I literally destroyed the only person that mattered in my life, who my I never favorite, knew in the first place. Uh, my favorite part is that he went from being on top of the world to his life being over in all of maybe a week. Yep. Because he just released a new video a minute ago. <laughs> right. Oh, God. So then we go, <laughs> we go, and Brittany tries to go to Natasha's house to... Try to help her to figure this out. Because remember, Natasha's mad at her for taking all the credit. She gets there, and Natasha's mom answers the door. Very happy to meet Brittany. And mentions that that, that um, Natasha's dad is coming home because he's a traveling salesman. That's around not... Buffalo. Around Buffalo, New York. That's not what Natasha told Brittany. No. And then they do a black and white flashback of all the times that Natasha lied to Brittany. Flashback montage number two is yes. where they do a black and white. Yep. And they go back and they're like, oh, all the things that she said over the last 47 minutes are not true. None of them. <laughs> and so she goes up to the room and Natasha confronts Brittany about her like need to be the center of attention but then Brittany confronts natasha about the lying and they're like both being terrible bitches at this moment uh-huh. and natasha is just like you're not unique and it's like you're ba-. she said i bitch. might be a liar but your life is a lie she said, bitch you're basic and <laughs> yeah and, and then she's like well natasha you're fake as fuck she said that doesn't change the fact that you're basic you only wanted to be friends with me because you're trying to not be basic. She's like, no, I was trying to be friends with you because I felt bad for you. She's like, how did you feel bad for me if you thought I was so fucking cool, didn't you, bitch? And she's like, okay, I'm leaving. And Brittany just leaves because she had nothing else to say. Because yep. Natasha was right. She's basic. She's mad that she's basic. She was not being friends with her because she thought was feeling sorry for her. She was being friends with her because she had a fucking lady boner for her. And that's when we end up having a whole nother flashback montage Wait, in is, color. We got of a the classic moment. The classic montage number three of friendship, of their 56 minute friendship that we've seen the entirety of in this 56 minutes of this film. 
And we see scenes that we had just seen a few minutes ago because we're idiots and apparently don't remember what's been happening over the last hour. Right. So we get to the point where we start to speed up. Yep. And then Eddie calls Brittany to chew her up because we looked at the clock and realized we only got 30 minutes left in filming this movie. So (laughs) Eddie calls Brittany and chews her out and says that off screen I told Jordan everything that's going on and he ran away. Yep, and then the record label starts tracking the GPS on the phone. Because, and you know, he's like shocked self- that this GPS ever existed in the first place. Because he has no idea how phones work. Right. <laughs> and they're able to track the phone, but remember, dun dun dun, Brittany has the phone, not Jordan. Right. So, but, as they're looking for Brittany. But Jordan Jor- calls. Jordan has her pink phone and calls. And is like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> and Brittany apologizes for the Penelope breakup, and he's like, man, that was happening anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, you didn't even remember you had a girlfriend sometimes, Because sir. she was probably a terrible person. That's why it was unimportant. You can't judge Penelope. You uh, don't pro- know Penelope. Probably. She probably, I don't know for a fact, but she probably was, based on how he reacted. And well, he, he clearly wasn't heartbroken, and he's no. over it quickly. Yeah. She explains, like, I never delete your songs because More Than Me is, like, a beautiful song. And he's like, yeah, you like that bubblegum pop shit? She's like, no, the version you wrote because I kind of broke into your phone and cracked your password. Right. You should probably make it something that's not, you know, password. And then he's like, ah, no, no privacy I see with you. But as they're talking on the phone, that's when they end up tracking the phone and finding her and then now she's being chased by a minivan full of, like, record producers. Because they try to abduct her, and she runs. She gets on her bike to get away, and she drives her bike home. Right. And she when tries to call Natasha. Surprise! Natasha's, Natasha's already the, there. She's in the room waiting for her. They get up. They apologize at the same exact time. Say that they love each other, and they're sorry for being bitches. And they kind of say it in unison. And I was like, that's so adorable. Even though they're all both, they're both fucking fake. <laughs> yes. They, at they, least they know that now. Right. And it's the same day as the rally. So this is where Jordan's supposed to be. So now it's time for them to get him to the, the rally because we're speeding things up. So right. they go to the park where he's been sitting and he's not sitting there anymore. And as they're going to the park, they're also running away from the manager who's been chasing them around the A&R people, and they've been chasing them in their bike, in their car, and the two of them are riding a bike. And they, but Jordan is also being chased by a mob of not just girls, but just a mob of teenagers. People, because Jordan decided to go get him a bite to eat, so he went to this diner, and then this idiot took off his hat and sunglasses because he's a fucking celebrity, and he didn't think people would be freaking out the fact that he's a celebrity in their town. But one thing that he didn't know was that it was... Jordan Cahill bobblehead day at the diner. And when that he took off his hat. That is not a joke, ladies and gentlemen. That <laughs> actually happened in the movie. It was bobblehead day and he looked up and there's a bobblehead that kind of looks like him. But he looks around and then everybody realizes that Jordan's in the bar slash diner and they all run. So they're chasing after him when Brittany and Natasha cruise up on the bike next to them and they exchange 
niceties and catch each other up on each other's schedule since they've had each other's phones. Uh-huh, Because uh-huh. soccer practice is canceled and J-Lo's having a birthday party. And they're like, okay, cool, cool. I was busy anyway. I'm glad we got those things <laughs> taken care and of. They hide him in, like, the jungle gym, which I have no idea how they got away, but they did. And... Brittany somehow magically, I'm not sure how this happens, sends out Jordan's lyrics to More Than Me, which is, so to clarify, this is the video that they're trying to shoot, but he has his own separate lyrics to it that have meaning rather than the meaningless ones that they keep trying to make him have. Right. So she ends up sending to, quote unquote, everyone in the world. So they use the IR beam to somehow put it on, send it to everybody. Because yeah, so it, it calls everybody. Because as as while they were dry while they were riding the bike, Natasha, Brenda's song for the wind was out back there doing exclusives, telling everyone that there was gonna be an exclusive new song dropping today. Yes. So, the lyrics go out. So all the fangirls are like they're getting the call. They're getting like a recording of him singing, and that includes the record label. And the record label's pissed because they're like. This was supposed to be a world premiere, and not only is this not a world premiere, this is also not even the lyrics to the song. Yep. Yep, yep. They end up leaving the cell phone in the jungle gym, and the terrible driver's sister picks them up to take them to the rally. So they leave the cell phone, and that's where the record producers are headed, chasing after the phone. And they're going to the rally, and... I have no idea why he's not driving. This really bothered me, but luckily he did. He's like, a, he offered he's to drive. Yeah, he's an adult. <laughs> and she's clearly freaking out about it, but yep. like, he at least offers it at some point, but they, they don't explain care. it away because why not? So they get in, so they get to the rally. The girls, her fan girlfriends, soccer girls, are like, we knew Jordan wasn't coming. And at that moment, they pull up in the minivan. Jordan jumped out the car. So does Natasha and Brittany. And Natasha hit them with the best line of the film. The girls' are, mouths are agape when they see Jordan walk past them. Natasha leans over, does emotional, have them lift up their jaws and says, Girls, your mouths are hanging open. And then she tells them to stop drooling on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> At the same moment, the manager pulls up as well and wants eddie to stop jordan from performing right which there's no stage no mics i'm not really sure what kind of performance is going to happen anyway but eddie goes up to kind of like talk him out of it but then he sees how happy jordan is and he's like you know what there's something i gotta do and he walks up to the balcony and he announces to the crowd his best friend jordan Kill, <laughs> and they're like oh my god and jordan comes out there does a little speech about how he's going to be true to himself and shit and they put a guitar on him and he sings his new hit at this c plot spot for this house that doesn't really matter right and then they do another friendship okay. montage so this as montage as he performs we get a two-part montage of the last 20 fucking minutes since the last montage. I don't know if you noticed that. There was like six or seven scenes from before the 20 minutes, and then the rest <laughs> of the scenes were from that 20 minutes of the montage that we that we just, these pieces we just saw. These, these montages 
are fantastic always because they're always about things that happen in the last half hour to hour that I've been sitting here watching this movie <laughs> just in case I forgot. So thank you, DCOMs, for that. Uh, and then a band magically appears on the oh. lower half of the deck. And you're like, out ah, of this is where they've been this whole time. We've been waiting for Jordan to get here so we could perform because we're just set musicians waiting to sing this new song that we've never heard in our lives. So they cut out and the house is now like completely refurbished. It's restored because we had to yada yada the rest of the movie. And so the house has been restored in some unexplained amount of time. Uh, The girls are now friends with Jordan because... Brittany's talking to him on the phone because he's trying to get her to come to New York to visit. And she's like, oh, I'm fine right now. I'm kind of busy. And we see in the back seat, Natasha's a soccer girl now. And there's one girl in the front seat, four girls still in the back seat because I don't know what kind of SUV this mom has. They it's pull a minivan. Up. It's the suburbs. Even with the minivan, this doesn't look like that. So no. they pull up to the house, to Brittany's house. They all run inside. And The brother is like, I thought you guys were going to miss it. I'm glad you're here. He willingly turns off his video game. And we go to see another Jordan, the Jordan Cahill video they were shooting. Another world premiere. But alas, it wasn't Jordan in the video. It was Eddie who took his spot. What? (laughs) That's right. Eddie is now the star of the video. And he's taking Jordan's role, I guess, in life. I don't really know. But they're all in it. All of the girls are in it. Yeah, the girls are dancing in the background. And Eddie is singing, even though he couldn't sing earlier. But what ifs? <laughs> he's, he's got th- his hair greased back, and he's got an earring now. like, And he's wearing the terrible, tacky Vegas clothes, as they <laughs> described earlier. And he's now the pop star. So we don't even know what the hell happened to Jordan. These A&R guys are always going to get their, their music. Yeah. So they're going to get it done. I mean, I've always had the theory that there's like these spots that need to be filled at every record label. And when one moves out of that spot, they just get another one and they put that person in there. And that's what that was. It was a spot and exact- Jordan wasn't in it anymore. And now Eddie's here. Eddie's in and he's the new star. And it was on DRL and everybody was excited. Yep. The girls do a dance and that's the end of the movie. I hated this movie so much. Oh, no. I loved this movie because it was so much fun. I was so happy to watch a decom that didn't have a love story plot. If you don't count Brittany in love with Natasha, it didn't have a love story. It was pretty straight to the point about what was going on from point A to point B. And it was like a nice feel-good movie watching these girls run around and try to get them back the, the, the phone. I did enjoy that there was no love story, but... The characters didn't grow at all. This this is true, but I don't think that this was what that movie was for. Like, we literally just acknowledged that we're terrible people, and then we moved on from that. Right. And that's not growth and what lesson is to be learned. Well, in a movie like this, it was more... Well, I guess I think the there was one this one didn't really have a message so much. I felt like this one was more about like I said, just like a point A to point B type deal. The growth actually came from from Jordan 
And we saw him grow throughout the film without him actually being the main character. The girls didn't have any growth at all. Uh, no. The girls did have growth. The, we, we watched as she realized that it's okay to have her suburban life. Yeah, so I guess he teaches the lesson in the last five seconds of, like, there's something unique in all of us. Yeah, and that was all she needed to hear and she needed to see. And I was here for it, and I loved the movie. Oh, yeah, because I, I, that's all I'm here for. <laughs> I think it's like he, it comes out at some point that he's actually from the suburbs. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, the suburbs? And they're like, no, does no, it really matter? The, they're all suburbs. They're all the same. They're all the fucking same. Yeah. <laughs> so who... Okay, so so who won the movie? As a character? Yeah. I would have to say Jordan. I Okay, you have Jordan. I think I can guess who won the movie for you. You have one shot. Can you guess who it was? <laughs> Is it Brenda Song? Brenda Song. <laughs> Natasha was fantastic in this film. My though for me, she really took the cake. When she tells Brittany about herself, she lets her know what time it is. And the fact that they had a war, war, a war of words and Brenda Song slash Natasha came out not giving any fucks. Whereas we watch Brittany cry. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Who do you think, who do you think lost the movie? Eddie. Who was the worst character? You think Eddie was the worst character? I think her... Fangirl friends were the worst characters, collectively as like a unit. Yes, because I agree. Because they, they were, really bring. I didn't even know their names though. Yeah, it was un, they were unimportant yet they were there throughout the whole thing, and just annoying. Eddie at least was like trying to do right. Yeah, but like in the worst possible, he's an adult and he can't <laughs> even function at like the basics of getting a phone back. From like he knows where it is. <laughs> well, he 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 didn't he didn't realize he just had to get he should just came clean to Jordan, told him, hey man, so here's the deal, I ran into some girl, I lost the phone, but we know where it is, so don't even worry about it. They just want to chat with you real quick, and then I'll give you the phone back. It's not really that big of a deal. And then we wouldn't have had to spend an hour and a half, and he had, wouldn't have done some shitty benefit, but he would have not got out that six contract deal, a six record deal. So all's well that ends well, I guess. Yeah. And I guess the manager also is like a dude that lost the movie because that dude was pretty terrible. He still gets his way. Yeah, I guess he does. He gets his, his guy to replace it. And he loses nothing. True. He True. probably just got 12 albums now because he still has <laughs> Wasn't it for Jordan six? on the hook for six. And now he's got Eddie for probably six. So now he's got 12. True. He's probably made more, more money. More money. More money. Money is what it's all about. Who what won about- in life? In life, um, so it was a toss-up for me, and I know this is going to upset you because it's not Brenda Song. I know it's not Brenda Song. I actually have someone else winning in life. But I think it's Killam. Is it Killam? You think Taryn Taren Killam? Killam? I don't know. Killam? Yeah. I, I honestly don't I know. Had, I should be able okay, to pronounce so tell, his name. Tell me about Taryn. Tell me why he, why he won in life. I mean, he's on SNL. He was I, on SNL, yeah. I recognized him with the hair at first. I was like, I'm not sure who it is. Mm -hmm. But I actually recognized him in something that wasn't, like, Disney-related. Right. 
I mean, Danielle is my second because I feel like she won. She has a flash. Yeah, she has a recurring role in the Flash. That to me tells me that she won the movie. She won life. She won life because she has a recurring role in the hit TV show right now. People have done stuff, but like Taron, Taron Killam has. I mean, he is married to Kobe to Kobe Smolders, so that's cool. But um, yeah, he's. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he's married I'm to Kobe. Sorry, then he definitely <laughs> wanted life. He's married to Kobe Smolders. But like, and... I feel like SNL is gonna be above any CW show. Okay, okay. And that's why I put him there. That was before I knew who he was married to. And he, you're right. And he's in a he's in a show right now called Single Parents, which is really fun. He's a good comedian. He was also on um, Wildin' Out. Okay, I can give it to you, Taryn Taryn Killam. Yeah. You won you won this movie. You won life. You won life, bro. You won life. And sadly in third place is uh, Brenda Song because she does I mean she did a lot of Disney Channel stuff, but she had a baby with Trace Cyrus. Right. And That's she's currently the last dating thing she's remembered for. No, no, the last thing she's remembered for is that she's currently dating Macaulay Culkin. So much worse. <laughs> so she had a baby with Chase Cyrus, and she's married to Macaulay Culkin, and uh, I mean she's dating Macaulay Culkin, and it's just different. I mean she was in the Social Network; that was a big deal. Yeah, but that wasn't really recently. And... No, it was a while. I mean she had a baby, and she like she took a step out. You know what? Though, if you were to ask anyone at Disney, Brenda Song won because they were able to get a lot from her in terms of like her versatility and all of her different roles that she's played amongst their films and TV shows. Yeah, but then she quit as like a child actor. Like she didn't move on past that. Well, she did. She did. Like I said, she did um her being in in the social network is a big deal. Because the social network was a really big movie. And then she took when she had the baby, um she took time off. I think she just took time off from doing anything. As I pull up her uh Wikipedia, Brenda Song, she had the baby. She did those Disney Channel stuff. And then from 2012 to 2017, she did some guest roles in movies and TV shows, but that was it. She didn't do any movies or nothing. She just did a couple guest spots here and there. And then I think that was her taking time off over those, like, five years. And then she did a couple movies since then. Still gotta come in third. I'm sorry. I know you oh, love I'm, her. Oh, I'm I'm but... cool with her coming in third. It, it makes total sense. But I think all three of them have done well for themselves. Surprisingly. Oh yeah, I was really really surprised to even see them in this because I know. Mm-hmm. So Danielle has a younger sister, Kay, okay. and I'm pretty sure she started filling in the roles that Danielle was taking after. Danielle got too old to play those roles. Right. I actually had to check to make sure which one it was, because they, they look really similar, and I didn't know what time period this was. Mm-hmm. And I completely forgot where I was going with this. Well, she started doing those roles for her, as her sister, and uh, they've all done very well for themselves. Yep, they've all done well for themselves. And Yeah, I was surprised to see how famous some of these people became after yeah. this movie. Yeah, so I you didn't like this movie. I no, like this didn't. movie. So this goes on Lindsay's hate list. This goes on my love list. I would tell people to watch this movie, check it out. 
Um, anything Only else? Only if you're a fan of screaming. <laughs> they scream. They screamed in this movie about six times. They did three monta- They did five, four montages. One of them was in black and white. One of them was after twenty minutes after they did another montage. So whatever. All in all, though, I had a good time. Lindsay, do you have anything else for these people? Nah, not with this movie. <laughs> uh, I'm good too. Thank you guys for listening. If you got this far, make sure you. Uh, subscribe rate and review us and i can't wait to talk to you guys later about the next disney channel original movie decom after dark until next time bye